So I hope you all had a very Merry Christmas. Um, we did. Uh, it is always interesting and a, a, a great perspective to be able to view Christmas through the eyes of a child. And so I'm blessed with that gift. My wife and I are blessed with that gift. And so it was a good Christmas. It's always nice to be able to see the light and twinkle in your wife's eye as well as she opens her presents. And then it's exciting too to open your own presents and and see how people think of you and, and um, appreciate you at this time of year. So this Christmas, I, I wanted to do something a little bit different. This Christmas, this Sunday after Christmas, I wanted us to have a kind of a warm feeling kind of uh, going on through. It's, it's only been a couple of days, and, and uh, I'm sure that the, the tiredness of Christmas, the excitement of Christmas, the all of it of Christmas is still a glow within us. And so maybe this too will um, help us keep that going just a little bit longer. We need it. From Dr. Seuss, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling, how could it be so? It came without ribbons. It came without tags. It came without packages, boxes, or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Merry Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. The Tablecloth, a true story as told by Rob Reed, pastor. The brand new pastor and his wife, newly assigned to their first ministry to reopen a church in suburban Brooklyn, arrived in early October, excited about their opportunities. When they saw their church, it was very run down and needed much work. They set a goal to have everything done in time to have their first service on Christmas Eve. They worked hard, repairing pews, plastering walls, painting, etc. And on December 18th, were ahead of schedule, ahead of schedule and just about finished. On December 19th, a terrible tempest, a driving rainstorm hit the area and lasted for two days. On the 21st, the pastor went over to the church. His heart sank when he saw that the roof had leaked, causing a large area of plaster about 20 feet by 8 feet to fall off the front of the wall, the sanctuary just behind the pulpit, beginning about head high. The pastor cleaned up the mess on the floor, and not knowing what else to do but but postpone the Christmas Eve service, headed home. On the way, he noticed that a local business was having a flea market-type sale for charity, so he stopped in. One of the items was a beautiful handmade ivory-colored crocheted tablecloth with exquisite work, fine colors, and a cross embroidered right in the center. It was just the right size to cover up the hole in the front wall. He bought it and headed back to the church. By this time, it had started to snow, An older woman running from the opposite direction was trying to catch the bus. She missed it. The pastor invited her to wait in the warm church for the next bus 45 minutes later. She sat in a pew and paid no attention to the pastor while he got a ladder, hangers, etc. to put up the tablecloth as a wall tapestry. The pastor could hardly believe how beautiful it looked and it covered up the entire problem area. Then he noticed the woman walking down the center aisle. Her face was like a sheet. 
Pastor, she asked, where did you get that tablecloth? And the pastor explained, and the woman asked him to check the lower right corner to see if the initials EBG were crocheted into it there. They were. These were the initials of the woman, and she had made this tablecloth 35 years before in Austria. The woman could hardly believe it as the pastor told her how he had just gotten the tablecloth. The woman explained that before the war, she and her husband were well-to-do people in Austria. When the Nazis came, she was forced to leave. Her husband was going to follow her the next week. She was captured, sent to prison, and never saw her husband or her home again. The pastor wanted to give her the tablecloth, but she made the pastor keep it for the church. The pastor insisted on driving her home. That was the least he could do. She lived on the other side of Staten Island and was only in Brooklyn for the day for a house-cleaning job. What a wonderful service they had on Christmas Eve. The church was almost full. The music and the spirit were great. At the end of the service, the pastor and his wife greeted everyone at the door. Many said they would return. One older man, whom the pastor recognized from the neighborhood, continued to sit in one of the pews and stare. And the pastor wondered why he wasn't leaving. The man asked him where he got the tablecloth on the front of the wall because it was identical to the one his wife had made years ago when they lived in Austria before the war. And how could there be two tablecloths so much alike? He told the pastor how the Nazis came, how he had forced his wife to flee for her safety. And he was supposed to follow her, but he was arrested, put in prison. He never saw his wife or his home again all these 35 years in between. The pastor asked him if he would allow him to take him for a little ride. They drove to Staten Island, to the same house where the pastor had taken the woman three days earlier. He helped the man climb the three flights of stairs to the woman's apartment, knocked on the door, and he saw the greatest Christmas reunion he could ever imagine and was blessed with the ultimate Christmas gift. First Corinthians 13 Christmas version. If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights and shiny balls, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals and arranging a beautiful adorned table at mealtime, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work at the soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, and give all that I have to charity angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend myriad holiday parties and sing in the choir's cantata, but do not focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the husband. Love is kind, though harried and tired. Love doesn't envy others' home that have that has... Christmas china and table linens. Love doesn't yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful they are there to be in the way. Love doesn't give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who can't. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Video games will break. Pearl necklaces will be lost. Golf clubs will rust. But giving the gift of love will endure. Merry Christmas.
Will the Christ Child Come? by Gay Willis. Halfway through December, we were doing the regular evening things when there was a knock at the door. We opened it to find a small package with a beautiful ceramic lamb inside. We looked at the calendar and realized that it was 12 days before Christmas were beginning. We, we, excited, we waited excitedly for the next night surprise, and only then, with the gift of a matching shepherd, did we realize that the lamb was part of a nativity set. Each night, we grew more excited to see what pieces would, we would receive. Each was exquisitely beautiful. The kids, the kids kept trying to catch the givers as we slow, were slowly building up the scene at the manger and beginning to focus on the Christ's birth. On Christmas Eve, all the pieces were in place but the baby Jesus. My 12-year-old son really wanted to catch our benefactors and began to devise all kinds of ways to trap them. He ate his dinner in the minivan, watching and waiting, but no one came. Finally, we called him in to go through our family's Christmas Eve traditions. But before the kids went to bed, we checked the front step. No baby Jesus. We began to worry that my son had scared them off. My husband suggested that maybe they dropped the Jesus and there wouldn't be anything coming. Somehow, something was missing that Christmas Eve. There was a feeling that things weren't complete. The kids went to bed, and I put out Christmas. But before I went to bed, I again checked to see if Jesus has come. No, the doorstep was empty. In our family, the kids can open their stockings when they want to, but they have to wait to open any presents until Dad wakes up. So one by one, they woke up very early, and I also woke up to watch them. Even before they opened their stockings, each child checked to see if perhaps during the night the baby Jesus had come. Missing that piece of the set seemed to have an odd effect. At least it changed my focus. I knew there were presents under the tree for me, and I was excited to watch the children open their gifts. But first on my, but first on my mind was the feeling of waiting for the ceramic Christ child. We had... We had opened just about all of the presents when one of the children found one more for me buried deep beneath the limbs of the tree. He handed me a small package from my former visiting teaching companion. This sister was uh, somewhat less active in the church. I had learned over time they didn't have much for Christmas so that their focus was on the children. It sounded like she didn't get many gifts to open, so I had always given her a small package new dish towels, the next year's lesson manual, not much, but something for her to open. I was touched when at church on the day before Christmas, she had given me this small package, saying it was just a token of her love and appreciation. As I took off the bow, I remembered my friendship with her and was filled with gratitude for knowing her and for her kindness and sacrifices this year, giving me a gift. But as the paper fell away, I began to tremble and cry. There, in the small brown box, was the baby Jesus. He had come. I realized that on that Christmas day, that Christ will come into our lives in ways that we don't expect. The Spirit of Christ comes into our hearts as we serve one another. We had waited and watched for him to come, expecting the dramatic knock on the door and scurrying of feet. 
Bowie, but he came in a small, simple package that represented service, friendship, gratitude, and love. This experience taught me that the beginning of the true spirit of Christmas comes as we open our hearts and actively focus on the Savior. But we will most likely find him in the small and simple acts of love, friendship, and service that we give to each other. This Christmas, I want to feel again the joy of knowing that Christ is in our home. I want to focus on loving and serving. More than that, I want to open my heart to him all year that I may see him again. Luke chapter 2, Jesus' birth. In those days, Caesar Augustus declared that everyone throughout the empire would be enrolled in the tax list. This first enrollment occurred when Quinarius governed Syria. Everyone went to their own cities to be enrolled. Since Joseph belonged to David's house and family line, he went from the city of Nazareth in Galilee to David's city called Bethlehem in Judea. He went to be enrolled together with Mary, who was promised to him in marriage and who was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for Mary to have her baby. She gave birth to her firstborn child, a son, wrapped him snugly and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the guest room. Nearby, shepherds were living in the fields, guarding their sheep at night. The Lord's angels stood before them. The Lord's glory shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said, don't be afraid. Look. I bring good news to you, wonderful, joyous news of all people. Your Savior is born today in David's city. He is Christ the Lord. This is a sign for you. You will find a newborn baby wrapped snugly and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great assembly of the heavenly forces was with the angel praising God. And they said, glory to God in heaven and on earth. Peace among those whom he favors. When the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go right now to Bethlehem and see what has happened. Let's confirm that the Lord has revealed to us. They went quickly and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. When they saw this, they reported what they had been told about the child. Everyone who heard it was amazed that the shepherds told them. Mary committed these things to memory and considered them carefully. The shepherds returned home, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. Everything happened just as they had been told. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.